Whistle Tales from Azeroth. As always, here at the Pig and Whistle Wind in Stormwind, I go for a variety of subjects with regards to World of Warcraft. So grab a bottle or a pint, sit back and enjoy. Today's subject, we're going to be going over some mostly Shadowlands news, but also TBC news and stuff like that. There's very little TBC news, to be honest with you. It's more Shadowlands and the arrival of 9.1 going over basically. You know, what is in 9.1, giving you a sort of recap, almost, as to what to look forward to. But, always, we go with the weekly sort of stuff. So, the uh, there is a PvP brawl this week, and it is Cooking Impossible. This is where you bring ingredients to your faction's cooking pot, and whoever gets the ingredients, or a set number of ingredients first, wins the battleground. So, it's not necessarily about PvP, in a way, this battleground. It's more about... You know, when to defend and sort of disrupt the horde and when to look to, you know, gather these cooking materials to put into your cooking pot, that kind of thing. It is also a battleground bonus event weekend this week. So you get more honour for these battlegrounds. So I'm not too sure if that applies to the PvP brawl, but if it does, that makes it even better because, you know, it's a great way to gear characters uh battlegrounds plus the brawl so definitely look out for that the midsummer fire festival is still going on and that is still going on until the 5th of july so you've got 10 more days 10 11 maybe 10 10 more days until uh midsummer is gone for a year so make sure that you get everything that you want to do within that time period and the world boss for this week is Mortanis. He is the Maldraxi world boss. He's got 250 anima just sitting there waiting for you. He's got a couple pieces of gear. He's got some covenant uh, conduits, that kind of thing. So definitely head on over there and, you know, put him down and get, put him down again because you, you definitely want that anima. <laughs> so, Shadowlands 9.1. It's been announced. This was just after I'd done the podcast last week, so it was tough to sort of rewrite everything and, you know, go over a different, or basically scrap the podcast for last week to do a announcement on Shadowlands, so I thought it'd be best just to pick it up this week and uh, sort of give you a recap of what is going to happen and uh, become available in 9.1. Now, all of it might not be available at the very start, but... It is mostly available as it is given to us on the 29th of June for NA and the 30th, 20th, 20th, whatever I was going to try and say, the 2010, like 20th, 10th day of June, like I don't know what I was trying to say, and the 30th of June for EU. 
Again, I think it's kind of annoying and I get it a day before, but it's just how it is, got to deal with it, because I'm pretty sure Asian countries get it a day after. So, you know, it's not necessarily as fair on them as well when America get it a couple days early, but I can understand it might be because, you know, it's based in California or whatever. I'm pretty sure it's uh, California, but it might just be because it's based in you know, the Western Hemisphere. So that might be why they get it a day earlier. But the big thing that comes with the patch is obviously the raid, Sanctum of Domination. Now, the way in which raids are given to the public is over a sort of weekly sort of system. And this is a raid finder weekly system. The normal and heroic version of the raid will become available from the ne- very next week. So the 7th of July is when normal and heroic versions of this raid are out and are playable on all realms, all servers. So if you want to make a raid time, it's for the 7th of July, which is the release date for it. For the 14th of July, a week later, you have the first wing of Sanctum of Domination opening up for Raid Finder. And you also have the Mythic difficulty of Sanctum of Domination on the 14th of July. So for those who are interested in watching Race the World first, that is the day that you'll like start to see streams from, you know, some of the bigger uh, streaming or the bigger, you know, Race to World first people. So definitely keep an eye out on that day. But I imagine it would be almost a week, almost a week, about half a week until, you know, guilds are really giving it their all against sort of, um, you know, Kel'Thuzad, Sylvanas, that kind of thing. So maybe if you just want to catch the back end of it, give it a day or two, but don't leave it too long and accidentally get caught out on missing the world first, so... Yep, the 14th of July, make sure you pencil that in, as it is when the Mythic comes out and Wing 1 for Raid Finder comes out. For the 28th of July, Wing 2 comes out for Raid Finder. For August 11th, Wing 3 comes out for Raid Finder. And uh, August 25th is when the Wing 4 comes out for Raid Finder. Now, these are two weeks apart. I... Don't quite understand why. Maybe it's because it's just Raid Finder and you want to give the patch a bit more longevity, I guess. Because if you bring it out every week, suddenly people have flown through the content within four weeks, within a month, and done the raid. Some people might not even want to progress normal, progress heroic, progress mythic. Some people might just be content with doing Raid Finder, experiencing the boss once, killing them, and that's it. Some people do, some people don't. I certainly do, to be honest. I quite like that because I'm not a raider myself. I very much am more PvP orientated. I even like the farming of some like gold materials, that kind of thing within the game. That is if you look towards you know, classic and TBC, that kind of thing. So I think the two-week gap in between each wing opening is a good thing because it gives a a bit more longevity, you've got something to do in between these two weeks, you've got some, you know, something to look forward to. It's not just, all right, everything's done in a month, what's next, when's 9.2, when's 9.3, when's the new expansion, that kind of thing. So 
I think it's a good idea. For 9.1, you have Mythic Plus Radar IO system coming in. So they've been tweaking the numbers constantly throughout the pre-patch. And I think it's pretty much there to go. Again, the numbers are sort of the last thing that they tweak, whether it's damage numbers, Radar IO numbers, that kind of thing. They'll always look at numbers last because it's the easiest thing to do. So they might make a small change just before it goes live, or they might make a change just after it's gone live, like hotfix something that might be a little, you know, some people might find it a little too easy to get uh, Keystone Master, that kind of thing. But what Radar IO system is, is basically it's a score for your character. And what it shows is how... Let's take a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you have, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The uh, way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favourite podcast platforms now. Well versed you are in these mythic dungeons. So you can identify if someone's, you know, a sort of very decent plus five mythic dungeon raider, or if they're like a real hardcore sort of I'm yeah, absolutely insane at mythic dungeons. This is all I do within the game, and they've done like everything plus twenty, like in mythic difficulty, that kind of thing. You can distinguish that. And each dungeon and each difficulty have their own uh, Raider IO number. They'll give you a Raider IO number. So you do a plus five, and this is purely for example, by the way. You do a plus five on tyrannical difficulty and whatever, you'll get 100 points. You do a plus 10 on fortified difficulty, you might get 250 points. Now, you're thinking it's just double the amount, but... Each of the different affixes within the week will give you a certain score. So fortified might give you an extra hundred. Fortified might give you one hundred and fifty, and tyrannical might give you a hundred. That kind of thing. Uh, sanguine might give you a hundred, and uh, necrotic might give you one hundred and fifty. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So that's where the numbers tweaking comes into it. They'll look at that. They'll look at it on live servers and sort of think, okay, we might need to up and down this sort of thing. And to get Keystone Master, the idea is that you now have to hit 2,000 Raider IO. So 2,000 score within this uh, system. And that this pretty much means that you have to complete everything on a fortified and a tyrannical difficulty at least plus 15 so you're not skipping certain weeks as blizzard want you to you know give every sort of affix a go the tougher the affix the more score you get so it will really challenge people to go for the extra mile and you know be like 
we're just really going to push this affix, get an absolute, you know, insane score on this one. And then next week we can chill out with just like a plus 12. We don't need to deal with that. It'll be a little bit less score, but it evens it out, that kind of thing. So you're a bit more flexible in how you obtain your Keystone Master. It isn't just, yeah, we can, you know, just scrape this plus 15 and get all of them plus 15, that kind of thing. And that's your Keystone Master, you're done. Now, there's always that constant, you know, Raider IO system that will update your score and show off, you know, just how good you are at Raid. Uh, mythic dungeons so that is something to look forward to in 9.1 as well so if you do have the raider io uh, add-on downloaded you probably don't need it anymore <laughs> to be honest that, that can probably be scrapped to be deactivated anything that you want but you know you can keep it installed to be honest it is might be kind of curious to see you know how their numbers match up to blizzard's numbers because blizzard are going to be the official Raider IO ones now and Raider IO is obviously obsolete or the add-on was now anyway. With 9.1 you also have many different smaller things so you have Tazavesh which is the 8 boss uh, mega mythic dungeon. Sounds very posh and like really yeah let's do it mega mythic dungeon. So you get one of these in the past couple of expansions and uh, for Battle for Azeroth, it was Mechagon. For Legion, I can't actually quite remember. I played a lot in Legion. I'm surprised that I can't remember that. My brain's just absolutely fried for that. But they've been, uh, you know, a staple point of 9.1 patches. Or 7.1, 8.1. And they aren't available on Mythic Plus from the get-go. Mainly because it's sort of a introduction to get you some gear on alts, gear catch up almost. Because they do award 226 item level gear from these dungeons. But when 9.2 or 9.25, it's very rare, but 9.1.5 comes out, it will be turned into a Mythic Plus dungeon. But as of 9.1, they will not make it Mythic Plus, it is a Mythic only, and then it will be added on into the Mythic Plus, you know, tables, scoring, uh, in the next patch after that. This is mainly a way to boost your character's gear. Now there was a slight tweak with this, so the gear that dropped there was, I think, item level 206 or something, but you could upgrade it with Valor, but... They recently changed it so that it just dropped 226 gear, but it couldn't be upgraded with Valor. Now, a lot of people are upset about this, but overall, it's a lot easier to obtain. You just get your 226 gear. It would cost a hefty amount of Valor to even upgrade, so much so that it would be more... You, you basically couldn't upgrade it yet because of the amount of Valor that you're given weekly. So you wouldn't even be able to upgrade it to like 240, which will be the same as Sanctum of Domination Heroic Gear, I believe. So it would cost way too much Valor to even upgrade it. And it's a good, uh, you know, catch up for alts, pretty much. And I think that's what Shadowlands has been lacking. A lot of alt catch up systems. This is, you know, always there in WoW. 
They've had this problem throughout Battle for Azeroth. Legion might have been a bit easier. No, Legion actually wasn't. It was an absolute shit show, if I remember correctly. It was um, everyone just trying to catch up on artifact power, so much so that you got into the billions of artifact power. Oh, it was absolutely insane. Trillions, quadrillions. It just kept going up and up. So the catch-up system has always been bad by Blizzard's behalf, but they've always found a way to help in the later patches. So this is one of the ways in which that it will help. I just hope that they find a way in which, you know, PvP-orientated players get a chance to, you know, be quicker in terms of gearing as well. Because it will just scale out of control if some people have a lot more gear than their newly fresh dinged 60, that kind of thing. You also have the new zone in the moor, Corthia. Now, this uh, zone has a quest line that ties into the chapters. It ties into the main story. It ties into absolutely everything. I'm not going to do too many spoilers, but if you do want to listen or not hear any spoilers, then it's best to just mute me for about 15 to 20 seconds. But basically the quest line takes you into Corthia because you're finding the Primus's seal, and uh, that is what the Jailer wants, to break free from the moor, that kind of thing. So, yeah, Corthia is an important place, it's where the Primus's seal is, and you definitely want to get quests in there, as there's going to be a lot of... Um, stuff to get done new reputation with new cosmetics it all ties into the covenant campaigns you really want to dive deep into Corthia, uncover its secrets and you know maybe if you're a hunter get some new pets if you're a battle pet collector collect some new pets as well there there's many different things that you can discover within Corthia and the moor itself actually so speaking of that you have covenant assaults so what covenant assaults do is each, every now and again there'll be an assault on the moor and uh, this assault will open up some new dailies some new sort of, oh, I forgot what they're called, world quests I've been playing too much uh, TBC world quests are certainly not a thing in uh, TBC Classic so they open up more world quests or different world quests they open up daily challenges and other things and uh, what the what they do is give you a currency to upgrade your legendaries with as long as well as going into Torghast and doing Torghast still and uh, yeah you're going to want to do this to get that legendary upgraded as quickly as possible as well as to, speaking of Torghast sorry you have 10 layers now instead of the 8 layers that you usually had before or previous and what I imagine is they will go up to 12 layers in 9.2, mainly because you've got two pages worth of things, and it was only filled like two spaces out of six. So they're filling another two, so there's two spaces remaining. So that's kind of the logical reason that they're going to um, go for that. So the layers will obviously be changed because the Terra Grew will no longer be there. We are still kind of not... We're not sure how this system works in Torghast now. It's a bit weird and I personally learn from sort of experiencing it myself and visually seeing it. But you will get your legendary 
Soulash, you'll get your new currency to upgrade your legendaries when you do all of these levels. I'm not too sure if it's for the previous levels or if it is just for the levels of level or layer 9 and 10. So definitely keep an eye out on that. They might change it in the future to be more alt friendly as well. So there's many different things that they could do with that. You have a new reputation that you probably want to know about. It is Death's Advance. Sounds a bit like the Ebon Blade, to be honest. I don't know why it just couldn't be called the Ebon Blade. You know, sort of just dump it back in as they are pretty much the only people that we brought from Azeroth like into uh, the Shadowlands. But Death's Advance is a new rep and it basically is in the moor in Corthia. They all come to your covenant and offer up different daily quests as well as other covenant uh, representatives like the Vemthir in uh, Ardenwild, the Heart of the Forest. There's um, Night Fae in, say, Bastion, Elysian Hold. They'll each offer up different daily quests and you can complete them for their rep as well as you know a few cosmetics and stuff so and this is also what death's advance give you they give you uh, a load of cosmetics whether it be you know armor whether it be transmog or not transmog sorry you know pets that kind of thing toys they'll give you loads of different options for that now, another big thing for 9.1 is flying in the mount. So, each covenant gets their own unique flying mount. You've got great choices for each of the covenants, to be honest. My personal favourite is probably, in all honesty, the Venthyr with the giant gargoyle. You know, it's really beefy. It really matches the Venfair and I just like the skeleton of the gargoyles. I'm not too sure what they're modelled off of, but the skeleton of them in the game is really cool and I just like the flight animation. They're based off of the bats, the Undercity bats. I just got it. It just clicked in my head that they were the skeleton of that. So, yeah, it's quite nice because you've technically got a bat for Alliance side. I'm not too sure if there's much in terms of, you know, alliance, skeletons, going to horde, that kind of thing. So your personal preference might be something else. I'm Ardenwield, so I'm getting this uh, Cloud Serpent Skeleton Bount. And it's... Uh, but I'm going to clarify what the skeleton is. The skeleton is what they base the animations off of. So you've got a... What's the best sort of example here? If you've got an orc NPC and you've got an orc player, they're the same. They're the same, but one of them's like... They probably created the NPC of the orc NPC first and then thought, we'll just use the same skeleton, the same movements, the same emotes, the same hitting for the characters, for the player base... That's what having the same skeleton means. It has the same animations, that kind of thing. And some of the most things are reused, but you don't necessarily see it until you're on the mount. You're fighting two things at once that have the same skeleton, which is very rare, actually, because they wouldn't put that 
they wouldn't put these NPCs with the same skeleton anywhere near each other, I've just realised. But that would be very rare. Let me know if you definitely found, you know, two of the same mobs with the same skeleton, like very close by, attacking you, because I can't think of an example for that, I'm not going to lie. So, where was I? Flying mounts. They're coming in 9.1. They've been confirmed as to you get flying after chapter 2 of the Covenant campaign, and this is account-wide. So, if you complete it on your main, you will have it for your alts. You will not have to complete it. You just have to get, I think, up to that that campaign on your alt. Don't quote me on that. You might just be able to get it straight away, which would be very useful, by the way. And it would make more sense, I'm not going to lie. So that's the more likely option, that you'll just have it after you've got it on your main, as it is an achievement, and it will just be account-wide. Now, another thing to do with mounting is mounting in the moor. People who did Twisting Corridors will not like this at all. I kind of don't, to be honest, as well. But then again, I'm a druid. I main a druid, so the moor has never really been a big problem for me in WoW. But you can mount in the moor. With the jailer's... This is sort of the lore explanation. With the jailer and his power being a bit more diminished, his his power over the moor is more diminished as well, and your mounts now heed your call within the moor. So basically, you're taking away a bit of the jailer's power and it allows you to mount in the moor. That's kind of the, you know, bare bones of what they've given. I personally don't like this. I did twisting corridors with a couple people. It took hours upon hours. It was great fun because I was a boomkin and the convokes were absolutely maddening. It was insane how many full moons there were. and But we worked hard for that like corridor creep amount. And I feel like it's just gone to waste, to be honest. I can understand why people want to mount in the moor. It is kind of tedious. It is kind of annoying. And I understand why people don't necessarily have the mount because some people might work. They might not just have the time to do twists and corridors. Some classes are just inherently better in Torghast in that many like floors. So there's many different reasons and I can understand them. It's just kind of annoying and it kind of grinds me down a bit because I did, you know, work for that mount. And that is one of the two mounts that work in the moor at the moment. So kind of annoying, but I can understand that. But in 9.1, you do get more mounting and, you know, you can run about the moor freely. Completely understand that. That does not include flying mounts, by the way. The more you still cannot use flying mounts, I believe. So, another thing with the more, no more Jailer's Eye. Because the Jailer's Eye is in uh, the Sanctum of Domination, you ultimately kill it, restore it, we don't necessarily know yet, because I believe that there's a cutscene for it. But the, oh, the Eye of the Jailer is no more. I'm not too sure what happens in its place. I'm not sure if you can stay there freely forever. They might make it a bit more free to just roam around and give the zone sort of its what it's due. 
in terms of the love because you can only stay there for a certain amount of time each day. So it wouldn't be like people were freely roaming, you know, checking out each zone or each part of the zone, each and every crevice, that kind of thing. So I think that they might just let players run around freely for a bit and let the more almost breathe, as it were. There are new legendary powers coming in 9.1. Some of these are class-specific and covenant-specific. Obviously, they're class-specific. Holy shit. They're covenant-specific. So the one example that I can give, which is on my mind constantly, by the way, is the Night Fae Druid uh, Covenant Conduit Legendary. Basically, it's a two, it's a one-minute cooldown, uh, Convoke the Spirits, and it's only channeled for two seconds, and it only casts eight spells instead of its 16, and it's, you know, four-second duration. And it's gotten more... It's got more of a chance to cast exceptional spells like Full Moon. Uh, I'm not sure what the other one was. Fatal Slash for dru- for uh, Thingy Druids, Feral Druids. Um, it's something like that. But Full Moon's mainly for Boomkins. That's the one that I know. So these are built within your Covenant. And obviously they go into certain pieces of gear. It's a completely new Legendary. You've got to get the Soul Ash for it. You've got to get the new currency for it as well so definitely definitely keep an eye out and maybe you might just be looking to switch your legendary come 9.1 pvp season 2 starts as well you've got your gore mount to look to earn for both horn and alliance you've got to get above a thousand rating to start earning this mount so definitely check that out you've got more than enough time as the season starts to get that mount and to build more saddles and stuff like that. As well as the PvP season starting, you have the BFA PvP mounts going into the mount uh, vendor, and you can buy these with vicious saddles. So if you've got any saddles spared, definitely look to go and buy them if you don't have these BFA mounts from the previous expansion. So that's mostly the news for Shadowlands. You've obviously got 9.1 coming very soon, in the next few days even. It's something to look forward to as we haven't had any new content in 8 months pretty much. 9.1 was barely a patch in all honesty. It gave you Valor, sure. But we needed more from that to be honest. We needed a lot more. So this is the big first big content update for Shadowlands. Hopefully it isn't a miss. Hopefully it's a home run and they really nail it on the head. Might be some bugs, obviously, but that's to be expected. They'll get them fixed. They'll hot fix them, whatever. The raid, you've got to go and enjoy. PvP season, it'll hopefully switch some things up with the new Covenant legendaries, with uh, more gear, that kind of thing. It, I'm just hoping that it's good. That's all I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that it's a really good 9.1 and we can enjoy it for quite some time alongside TBC Classic if you play that alongside any other games that you might play, you can really get stuck into it. And the only sort of thing for TBC, in all honesty, is that the arenas have started as well. These obviously started last week, but because obviously, like I said at the start of the show, it's tough to re or go back on something that you've already got planned, that kind of thing. So I had to just sort of include it into here. 
Uh, people could also buy season two uh, PvP gear when it wasn't meant to be. So season two comes out probably in a couple months. Yeah, I would imagine a couple months because uh, you know it comes with the second patch of TBC Classic, you know, new raids, etc. So people were buying season two gear. It got hot fixed, obviously. But the people who had already bought this gear basically got to keep, excuse me, basically got to keep it. So they kind of have an advantage on everyone. And it's kind of a bit silly, to be honest, that they got to keep it. But I suppose it's too much of a hassle to look who bought it, delete that piece of gear and then, you know, slap on their old piece of gear, that kind of thing. So you just got to deal with people who have season two gear. It's a bit annoying, but, you know, it's very few people. Very, very, very few people. Pretty sure it's mostly NA as well, because obviously that would have went live a day before EU. So I don't think EU really, you know, got any of that uh, sort of garbage. But, hey, happens. But thank you all very much for listening as always. By this time next week, you'll be hearing from me. Shadowlands 9.1 will be out. So definitely definitely let me know how your days are going uh, after the patch hits thank you all very much for listening once again as always be sure to check out the social medias that's youtube twitch facebook instagram twitter everything like that i will be streaming on twitch tomorrow which is saturday the 26th at 6 p.m bst so be sure to pop by checking out whatever definitely like to hear from you there take care all and go with valor friend goodbye all